0: Today on Cinematics, a movie about cancer, this is Annihilation. Can you describe its form? No. Was it carbon-based? I don't know. What did it want? I don't think it wanted anything. But it, it attacked you. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cinematics. Tonight we were going to be talking about annihilation, and uh, my friend Polly here is not here because he decided to run away to Japan. So tonight we have a different co-host with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi everybody. Uh, my name is Callum Carnegie. Uh, I am a graduate of the State Film and Video Production Program. Um, and I like watching movies a lot, and I like dissecting story and. And story elements. I like uh, like talking about how films represent the the problems that we have in society and how you know, movies can act like a a lens for us to view that through. That was a long winded introduction. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. That's it was just, great. Yeah. That's how I feel.
0: Welcome to the show, Callum. Thank you. Um, for having me. you are a welcome replacement for the Certain someone who's not here because he's decided to travel and write his movie. Right. What a jackass. So jealous. A terrible person. God, I'm so angry. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, g- <laughs> we're, we're talking about Annihilation today. Um, yeah. And I think, Callum, I brought you on to this. Or when I brought you on, you suggested this movie because of a few different reasons. Mostly, it seems like when you sat down with me to watch it, you already had about five million things to say before we even watched <laughs> it together um, Just, so why don't why don't you take it away for a second why don't you you give an intro what why did you pick this movie
1: uh, well it's it is true I had uh, a million things a million and one things to say about this movie right from uh, minute one of when we first started watching it because I I've seen it twice before I, I recently rewatched it and uh, uh, I, I love this movie. I adore this movie because it is, it it is so. In terms of let's let's start with representation of right. of females in the in the film,
0: as that is the the topic we wanted to broach today.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a huge point in in today's in in today's society. It feels like you know representation. You know, Me Too movement. You know, like. Uh, like a lot of a lot of women are are stepping forward as being uh, you know strong and in control of their lives not you know like the the subjugation of men kind of 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 men over you know over women that i you know i hope is 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 falling uh, you know i try to propagate the idea as much as i can that you know men and women are for you know are equal for all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. in this day and age. Like it's like, it feels like the distinction is becoming more and more arbitrary, more and more people wanting to, wanting to hold on to ideas that, you know, it's a switch men and women, you know, straight or gay, even, you know, even race to a certain extent. Like it's something that you chose. It's like, it feels like more and more people are learning to be, more inclusive, I guess. And um, uh, I guess get, getting back to the movie, it is a movie about five strong female protagonists. You know, one in particular, uh, Lena, played by Natalie Portman. She is she is a very interesting character. She makes human human mistakes throughout the movie. A lot of the movie is driven mostly through her internal struggle, and then you know. Um, expo or, you know, it, you know, expounded upon in the greater world, kind of thing, and the outer struggles with, <clears throat> excuse me, with the bear monster and mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the more physical threats, I guess you could say. But a lot of it is is driven through her own, her own personal struggle, right? Totally. Um, um just uh, you know, on a getting getting back to representation, like uh, it. In terms of, in terms of both uh, racial and um, female representation, I mean, two of the characters, two of the main characters that go on the team are uh, uh, a gay black woman and uh, and, uh, and another black woman, mm-hmm. a, academic, you know, graduated yeah. from Cambridge, I believe it is, as uh, for, for physics, you know, and it's like just really strong. Really strong female characters in in positions of of, of high academia, you know, like the one um, uh, Ventner is there, Vedder, the blonde uh, lady. Yeah, she's uh, she's a v- psychologist. Vasner, yeah, yeah. Vasner, yeah. She's a uh, she's a psychologist, you know, clearly an accomplished one. Mm-hmm. She's you know running a secret government experiment kind of thing, um, or observation post or whatever it is. Um, the uh. The gay the gay woman is uh, a paramedic from Chicago she acts a lot like kind of um, she she's like a more more of a working stiff kind of character she's more she's she's grounded mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not drawn attention to really that much that she's gay in the movie they mention it at the beginning that she makes a pass very, very a,
0: briefly yeah, yeah for sure
1: yeah they, they she makes a pass at uh, Natalie Portman's character and uh, and you know it's introduced and it's 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 brought up and and then it's like okay that's it it's, it's all
0: sort of treated just, as a uh, just a part of the world like it's not anything special that's going on it's just yeah. it just is a thing yeah which is really important i actually i find that something very interesting about uh, movies that explore or, or try to be more equal in their representation um it, you know i i was afraid when i first saw the trailers for this movie because I was worried that it was gonna be, gonna turn into a film that was representation for the sake of representation, mm. um, mm-hmm. and that it was gonna feel false a little bit. I, I was concerned that it might fall into that trap, and I'm thankful that it didn't. Um, which, which to me is really interesting because for a budget of a forty million dollar movie, they only made I just had it pulled up here From
1: like fourteen million
0: opening weekend and like thirty two million by.
1: uh, Not even. So, months
0: later, um, opening weekend, February twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. For a forty million dollar budget movie, it made eleven million opening weekend, and thirty two million total. So it didn't even make back the money that it was that it cost to make. Didn't even break even. Not at all.
1: That's that's what that's what bugs me so much about this movie and about the uh, about movies that you know. I don't wanna I don't wanna turn this into a last Jedi rant because I mean <laughs> there are plenty of those out there. Um far more eloquent people than me have done far better reviews than I will ever come close to. So <laughs> there's many things to be said about that movie that have my, been talked about. Yeah. My comment on The Last Jedi in regards to representation is they they pushed that hard. They shouted loudly in their PR and marketing that you know we're a, a, a film full of strong capable women kind of thing who are who don't take no sh- no crap from no man kind of thing like like hodo gets to really tell off like you know for those of you seen a hodo really tells poe off the mm-hmm. entire time and for no good no reason good reason at all like she's just kind of a bitch for no reason and it, it, when it turns out she had a plan all along she gets to look like the hero but like if she just Told everybody what was going on that she had a plan, which yeah. she
0: didn't need to hide. There yeah. was no reason didn't for her to hide that. Didn't
1: need to be a mutiny. Is all I'm saying. She could have just,
0: you know, even she could have you... just said, "Look, I have a plan, and we're going to execute it, and you're going
1: to stop fucking my shit up."
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, and she's just, she's just dumb. I mean, there's one scene right at the end where, uh, you know, the hyperspace mm-hmm. shot. She. Why does she stand there and watch them watch half of her fleet die for so fucking long before she's like, "Oh, right, the hyperspace shot." Oh yeah, there's like three ships left, and then <laughs> she's like, "Oh fuck, I gotta go do the hyperspace shot," and you know, uh, it's just, uh, you know, things like that, things little, little things, you notice, especially on a rewatch, it's like, that doesn't make. That why it, sense why, at all. Yeah, it's like you're just. So I mean, I, I don't know. It's funny that they had. Uh, um, Brienne of Tarth, doing a lot of PR for *The Last Jedi*, saying, uh, you know, how it's it's a very like, a, 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 I say, a, a film full of strong women. It's ironic coming from her because she's only in the movie for like less than five minutes, and she dies terribly,
0: and and really doesn't have any success for her character. Yeah, there's you
1: know. um so
0: so to bring to bring it away yeah, from sorry. the Jedi sorry. *Last Jedi* again because uh, we didn't want to do that. Um, no, but we want to talk
1: about Annihilation. But it's interesting
0: movies. because there's so many movies out there that try really hard to be representative mm-hmm. and fail in a lot of ways. That, and maybe that created some kind of negative thought process for this, which is essentially an independent for the most part, I think, other than um, – I think – Oh no, no! Never mind. Ha, that's a lie. It's Paramount. Anyway, there were, it's, it's like it, not an independent. What I mean is, it's the IP is is original, and that's something that is also interesting that we are not going to get into about original IPs not
1: working in this modern world for, of remakes. Yeah, but for what it's worth, I think there were production problems, like things going sour between producers and studios, kind of uh, thing. Okay, see, so I, I didn't of hear got, what I
0: mean. That so that could have yeah. been.
1: Yeah, it kind of got kneecapped right out and of the and days, it it, and did, it
0: did get advertising, it did get marketing because I remember seeing several trailers for it and and thinking it was yeah. fascinating, and then oh, yeah. watching it and 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 being pleasantly surprised at how just it felt like a real real characters. It's like it's like they came into this not to create strong female leads intentionally, like we need to make these people all women for the sake of representation, but more like it made sense. The story made sense. The characters were real, absolutely, and and yeah. that's what really, to me, made it such a good movie. Is that everybody in it felt real.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, like it's it's very for for a for a high concept kind of science fiction sort of out there kind of story. Like it's it's directly inspired uh, by. Um, the Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft just, you know, oh, it has, is it? I, I mean, I feel like it I, ha- is. I haven't read that that particular. Lovecraft oh, I, story. It, yeah, I like I don't. I guess it is kind of speculation on my part, but the two stories feel very similar. It's, you know, both are about a, an alien substance, an alien creature kind of type thing coming down and transforming everything around it to to match its 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 interpretation of life kind of thing and i feel like the alien in this film is very much like that, that, that it that's really
0: interesting yeah it, it's because it, it's based off a book series
1: yes, uh so there, there's a true, trilogy
0: yeah. of books which i i think came out
1: after um lovecraft's Mm-hmm. It, they, so, really so maybe the maybe the the author of the books was inspired by i mean lots of, there's no shame at it. lots of people are inspired by lovecraft lots of you know west craven you know ridley scott fucking, mm-hmm. and, like there are tons of tons of people who have read those stories and and draw from them draw from, yeah. yeah for sure i love i, I love lovecraft
0: <laughs> <laughs> love lovecraft um <laughs> Cool. So that's kind of like I, I guess, in a nutshell, that's sort of a good intro to this, in a way. You know th- that that's what the movie felt to me. So maybe let's dive into the actual movie a little bit, sure, and and explore some stuff. How does that sound?
1: Okay. Um. Well, starting with uh, themes, I suppose. Just. It's a it's a movie about it's a movie about cancer and mutation um, the duality the the relationship that those two processes of life kind of share um, all the characters have a, a cancer in their lives somehow um,
0: some of them literally I mean some of v- them Vesner, yes. the lead um, team lead has has actual cancer yeah. Uh, well, the one girl's daughter died of cancer.
1: Yeah, leukemia. Yeah. Um. It, uh, the paramedic uh, Anya, she's. I think her 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 cancer is more metaphorical because it's it's revealed she's an addict, right? Right. So it's more of a. I I don't know. You know, it's a it's more of a psychological cancer, I guess. Um, same with uh, same with um, the phys the physicist she has sort of a, a cancer of the soul i think you know they say Could they say she cuts herself just to feel alive sort of thing it's like so there's something kind of eating away at her as well from
0: the inside yeah yeah but... and
1: um our protagonist you know lena lena she's she's a um a gen- a genetic biologist right? yeah she she
0: who teaches classes on cancer to yeah. med students? Yeah. So, so that that's something I was literally as you were talking there, I was just thinking about because off off mic, I had mentioned um, an idea that not not only are the, all the characters cancer, are involved in cancer somehow mm-hmm. and are trying to fight that cancer, but rather in fact the whole entity itself, is, kind of like a cancer cell. It it invades, it lands, and it it's basically creates mutation of dead or dying cells that create these tumors. Um, and, I mean, you, you can argue that all of this would be um, it's more speculation and theory, but I, I also argue that that's totally the point in oh, a way. Absolutely. Because the yeah. very first scene, we see uh, duplicating cancer cells, and then we see Lena teaching ca- a class to these medical students on cancer, it doesn't need to be there necessarily. I mean, it tells us about her life, but it sets and, us up to be thinking about cancer
1: yeah, as it, we go through the rest of the sets, movie. It sets the tone for the movie, that it's, it's, it's steeped in, in science. You know, it's, it, really, it, really, uh, it really plays up the science aspect of the science fiction. Like, they, like they're... I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that theme is, is present throughout the whole thing. I think absolutely the, uh, the alien, the alien creation is, a is a cancer. It even spreads like a cancer, right? Like mm-hmm. it, they make mention that it's like in three months, it'll be right on top of us, kind of thing. And it's just, it's just a, a growing mass of, of, To us, I guess, to us, it would be destruction. Yeah. But, I mean, they also – the film goes a long way towards establishing that it's not so much destruction as it is recreation, as it is reassembly of life, you know. Well, and and, and this is what she says
0: right at the end, right, that it's it's duplicating and recreating. It's not destroying anything. It's just changing it.
1: Yeah. It's – it's crossbreeding species, you know. Like it.
0: it, it now, now here's a question.
1: Hmm. I mean,
0: and and this is totally just getting into the range of the hypothetical, but I was thinking about um, those two deer that you see. So there's there's a a scene uh, where the one messed up deer comes in, and um, it's got the the branches for horns and all that kind of stuff, and it it yeah. stops and it looks up. And then a second one appears and it appears in such a way that on camera, it looks like it literally split like one of those, those cells. It didn't look like the deer was there at all. And then it pulled itself out of the other one to make a pair. And the paired one looked much more decomposed, much more like blackish and, and kind of messed up. So, and this is totally just coming out now as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about, um, I wonder if it can reproduce, though. When we're talking about themes of like it being a thing of creation, a thing of change, um, can this creature reproduce, or is that what it's trying to do? It's trying to find a way to meld with life in a reproductive way. And when it duplicates like that, maybe that's the second animal is decayed and broken down, and it's showing us that it can't actually effectively reproduce. Mm-hmm. Just a random thought.
1: I mean, they do make mention repeatedly of uh genetic life cycles how it's you know self-destruction is pre-programmed into each and every cell it's very possible that this this alien entity you know took that took that same genetic fault and started producing inferior kind of creation i mean you think about it kane his his uh his double, at least. It's his not alien clone. His alien clone. Oscar Isaac's alien clone, ladies. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, he comes out not fully like not really fully formed right Mm -hmm. he's not flawless well and and same
0: with hers too when we get to the end of that movie and she gets her duplicate right it takes so long for them to to finally mesh together and as she's meshing she's still her face is all garbled and everything is all very creepy scene with the two of
1: them facing each other by the way the ending or Mm -hmm. which which do you mean With, with with um um like the very end scene? Yeah, yeah, where
0: she's where she's in the oh, where uh, their eyes are like lighthouse.
1: Or, oh, oh yes. And, and she's oh, yeah, standing yeah.
0: in front of her duplicate yeah. and it merges with her and it finally becomes herself, right? Oh
1: yeah. But it's yeah. all
0: kind of a spooky,
1: spooky imagery. hmm And yeah.
0: but but she's all kind of messed up even when she comes across. Although it's interesting too to note that because she she has blood on her face and it's like an exact replica, like a mirror. Mm-hmm. So whether or not some of that's just image duplication but anyways, that was just a, a, a an um, interesting thought thro-
1: thought to follow. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's an interesting movie. It's one of those movies that you can you can ask questions like that. You can ask, you know, hypotheticals about this creature, about you know one of one of my favorite hypotheticals is did it did it know if it was burning itself at the end
0: we talked about that was it intentionally lighting itself on fire
1: yeah because i mean it's still kind of moving janky sort of thing it's hard it's an alien it's hard to read what its intentions are when it can't really communicate and when we can't really understand what it wants what it knows what it you know what we think it knows like like you know, one argument is that it is that it did know, is that it, okay. it saw what perhaps what Natalie Portman, what Lena was doing. You know, maybe it saw it saw Kane kill himself with the white phosphorus. Maybe it knew what Lena was trying to do at the end, right?
0: And it did it on purpose. And that, it, that that's interesting because, because, because that him. also associates that both of those alien figures were the same entity. In my head, they weren't. Right, because the the one that duplicated Kane left, yeah. so technically it wouldn't have seen that phosphorus grenade go off unless they're like hive mind or something, right? Yeah. So so my argument against that it didn't know, um, is simply that it's it's new and it's young and it's just been born and created and it's confused and the only thing it knows is that that little pad down there is where it was born and that's where it's safe. It's almost like a little womb.
1: Essentially, right?
0: Yeah. And so it returns to the place it knows is safe because it also doesn't seem to be in pain either. Even when it's lit on fire, it just sort of moves around awkwardly and it's like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And then it crawls down there and lights itself on fire. So I would argue, perhaps, that it's not intentional at all. Um, Yeah.
1: But I don't know. Like, I I wonder about. I wonder about how much it had like a self-preservation instinct. Like it had enough of an instinct to propagate, right, mm-hmm. through replication of of um, acquired DNA kind of thing. Right. And uh, it seemed it seemed to be doing like I don't know doing the most damage when it went back down into the into the cradle, into its you know womb structure or whatever. <laughs> um, oh man. I wonder how much it knew that that, but that that by destroying that it would it would put an end to the entire thing. You how know? much it knew? Couldn't, That's
0: what I mean, right? Couldn't, like
1: couldn't it have just gone outside?
0: It saw her go outside. Right. True. But have. again, outside's not safe. It's never been out there. If you're thinking a mind of a baby, like what this? Okay. So, but then that begs mm. the question: Is that creature? Is that creature all linked? Does it have the instincts of all the other ones, or is it literally just a uh, like core piece that creates these babies that are being born and then not knowing anything, try to return to where it's safe? Because that's how I interpret that.
1: But what about what about Oscar Isaac and his duplicate? Like, what is the the purpose of that? He sends it out. Not fully formed and, uh, well, it's not fully, it's not not fully
0: formed because the original, uh, version blows himself up and the only message he imparts to the clone of himself is find Lena. So if you're born of somebody else and all of their thought process is confusion and not knowing themselves and the only thing that's solid is the name of, like, Lena, right? what else would you do but go out there? And, and that's why the ending is interesting when, when, um, Natalie Portman's character says, um, that she doesn't think it wanted anything. Hmm. You know, is it, is it just complete happenstance that this thing landed here for no reason? And it's just like, oh, well this is how I'm just adapting my environment to what I can survive in without really any desire or awareness. Cause it's so young.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it seems like once the uh, once the entity has burnt up he he suddenly becomes a lot more a lot more um, strong, I guess. Yeah, I like guess his, he, he heals well, he up does. right away, like, immediately. Is there a connection between that? Maybe there is a hive mind. Maybe that's what was like holding him back and some
0: I don't know. It could be. <laughs> so an interesting thing to note is that there I've in the process of trying to find an audio clip for the intro rather than just recording it off of our, off of Netflix. Um, I was on YouTube looking up the ending to the movie Mm. and there's a bunch of like, a ton of videos explaining the ending. And I, I intentionally chose not to watch any of them because I didn't want to, um, be swaying towards any particular opinion or explanation that is out there that someone else has already proposed. So, um, that's interesting to know because this is a very contentious point that we're talking about, I guess. <laughs> um, but the end, the ending, especially where you see that they both have, they both have the, the sparkle in their eye, right? Yeah. He gets more strong, she seems perfectly fine, but the thing itself is destroyed and the shimmer is gone.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I have a, I have a theory on that. I, I mean, I think it is a theory that is shared, you know. Um, I feel like uh, the two characters again kind of represent the idea of uh, cancer and a mutation. Even in their, even in the final moments of the film, it's still touting that uh, that that theme. Right? He's he's just a mass of cells. Right. He's he's a he's part of the alien creature. He is you know the doppelganger, the silver spaceman thing that we see <laughs> you know just with kane's face and everything um you know stranger in a strange land kind of deal mm-hmm. um he's just you know he like you say he's just a, a mass of cells to go with the cancer theme and uh, lena is something much more by that point i think like, okay i feel like the core of lena from start to finish is like she is the same person. It is the same Lena that comes in. That
0: 100 percent comes yeah.
1: out right. Um, but she is definitely altered by the by the shimmer. Right. She one one thing we noted on mm-hmm. this rewatch was uh, her tattoo. Oh yeah. Right?
0: So I've wa- this is the third time I've watched this movie, and I didn't notice that point until this watch when no, I saw no. it on her arm for the first time. Yeah. Um, but essentially, the uh, in the interview room, uh, Lena has that piece or not piece, infinite infinity tattoo, which is scaled like the snake that eats its own tail. yeah, yeah Um or a Bruce, yeah,
1: yeah, it's a it's a symbol of it's a symbol of death and rebirth. It's uh, you know, it's it perfectly suits the movie, but it also, yeah, acts as kind of a a marker of how much she's changed, I guess, by the end. Of well, she's... she she's
0: absorbed essentially a part of the other person. Yeah.
1: Um, um, the, the other the, members the... of her team is kind of thing, like.
0: Yeah, and I, I didn't see representation for all of them. It was just the medic uh, girl that I, I saw that for. But I'd be yeah, curious yeah. to look for it now. Right. If there were like
1: little little pieces of everybody I mean, with her, I mean that's a. There, po- very well could be, and I mean, I would watch it again <laughs> right you know, now. Right, yeah, <laughs> Let's arcade. watch it right so, now yeah. to see
0: if we can find any. Perfect. That's that's the podcast now. We'll just we'll just do a reaction video. How does that sound?
1: <laughs> reaction video on your old movies. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Everybody wants to. We'll hear call that. it
1: behind the curb. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I guess with with all of that to be said, like death and rebirth being Mm -hmm. like a primary theme, another thing I noticed, and I'd like to come back to that in terms of like this being a women – a a movie full of women. A women movie. (laughs) It's a movie full of women, and one one of of the like key uh, proponents and the biggest set of the whole movie is almost literally just a womb. So I'd like to Mm -hmm. come back to that. I'd also like to propose another idea. Okay. Lay it on me. It was <laughs> – there's there's one line in the movie The Matrix that always struck me really – or not one line, one scene, one idea in The Matrix. that always struck me as really powerful and something that I felt the second and the third ones kind of missed a little bit. Um, but essentially it's proposed that the entire reason that the robots, computer people in The Matrix, are fighting the humans is because humans are a virus that – attaches onto a cell, the earth and, and destroys it. And on a, like, if you took it on a micro scale, like my, the whole multi-universe thing or whatever you talk about, like us being a cell being eaten. But (laughs) so this movie almost good, (laughs) almost connects to that. Um, and, and almost reiterates that same sort of sensation, right? That like there's a, a, an entity that's eating the whole planet like a virus like a curse, and also that people kind of seem to be a little bit involved in that too. It seems to, anyway, seems to call back to that whole piece, and I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. For as far as like science fiction and drawing from sources and all that sort of stuff.
1: Oh, well, for sure, yeah. I mean, it is a it is a movie that 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 draws on on a lot of sources. I mean, it's like you say like Lovecraft, fucking mm-hmm. um, Alien, to a certain degree in terms of, well, I mean. I don't know. Interesting, drawn to alien. Well, you know, I, in the mythology of alien, <laughs> it's revealed that, you know, oh, humans right. And aliens are part of the same genetic structure, the xenomorphous uh, part of the genetic Prometheus. structure. Sorry we're, to make We're, we're,
0: we're not going to ta- talk about <laughs> Prometheus on this. Or, that was a bit of Or reach alien my, covenant. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was a bit of a
1: reach on my part. I apologize for that, uh, that unfortunate memory. Oh yeah, I had just blocked it out of my brain. Run the other direction, you stupid lady! <laughs> <laughs> just go sideways. <laughs> so I I um, don't know how good it is. <laughs> I, I keep I, bringing I, up dumb decisions in in movies, mostly made by men. Yeah. You know, ma- making women make dumb decisions in the movies. But anyway. Yeah. This uh, is a movie where the women all make great decisions. I actually, you for, know, and like, for the most part.
0: To to go back to that again, though, it's all real. Like when people are making poor decisions It's because they're panicking you know like yeah. the, the the paramedic who you know starts to lose her mind yeah. very fully because of you know she because, has in the past lost her grip with reality through the yeah. use of drugs
1: yeah and, and that's the, that's the thing they set that up they make that they make that the main part of her character really you know is uh it, that's what that's what ends up driving her yeah and the, in the end there you know her her tenuous grip on reality you know when before as it is, and mm-hmm. then with with the shimmer, literally screwing with all of their sense of time, place, and being, kind of thing, right? It's like she, yeah, she starts to go a little nuts. She, she doesn't knows, know yeah. what to think. Is what I what mean? Is also,
0: anymore, right? that bear, all oh staring God. you down, would <laughs> that would thing is break fucking me. terrifying. Um. So, I want that skull on
1: my wall. It's
0: so <laughs> cool. Oh, you, you were yeah, setting it my shelf. What was it? Paddington Bear animators okay. were the ones that oh, animated yes, it? Yes, yes.
1: So the same guys, the same visual effects artists who uh, animated Paddington Bear, the cute little raincoat wearing, <laughs> like teddy bear looking dude, also animated. This horrifying monstrosity <laughs> of bear and human skull and screaming so, and oh my god! I had, apparently they had a cute little nickname for it because Paddington is like a a nice location in in London, I believe the uh, they named they named this bear like Humphreyton. Or Humphreyton which is also kind of cute, but I guess it's like a rough, a little rougher around the edges area <laughs> of London, and it's like yeah. Hey.
0: All right. Yeah that's that that, that's really funny actually. I'm sure they shared a little laughs about that. It'd
1: be funny if they like had a cartoon with them both in it just to see what what would happen. The comparatives. <laughs> um
0: so I know when we sat down before we were even before we even sat down, I, I saw you had a little book full of like Scribbles about the movie. I'm I'm assuming you oh, were yeah. making some points that you wanted to talk about. Is there anything that you wanted to touch on now that we're we're about halfway through and I feel like I've I've tried to sort of direct some things a little bit with some certain points. Is
1: there mm. any points that you really wanted to touch on? Um well the soundtrack I think is something oh. to talk about in this as well. It's uh it's understated, I think, at times, but um it's very it's very rustic in the beginning. It's just a, it's just a single like, uh, acoustic guitar, acoustic guitar. Essentially, yeah, yeah. It's a single acoustic guitar. I mean, they have the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song there. In oh the yeah, yeah. I mean, which is, I mean, you know, it, it has the same vibe, some, you know, the yeah. same tone. Yeah, that same kind of like down to earth, like almost old school, yeah, like rustic sort of feeling, the old way of life, if you will. You know, because I mean, you compare that to um the soundtrack by the end with the alien it's all synthetic oh my god it's so creepy it's like futuristic (laughs) you know it's
0: like like almost i i i I don't want to say anti-rhythm but because there there is a rhythm there but it's it's it kind of is though a little anti-rhythm yeah which which is interesting yeah and it's like yeah the it's- whole, the whole, the whole soundtrack is extremely minimalistic, though, too, which I found super interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, that there's that uh, acoustic guitar in the beginning and a little bit of vocal singing, but mm-hmm. other than that, it's very muted and, and as they get in, it just gets more and more electric and more and more alien as they yeah. progress, and it makes you feel more and more out of place and out of body in a lot of ways.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah, like it just. It, it, it all the musical cues i feel just fit the movie so well you know like just there's one moment the moment where she um she meets the the deer and mm-hmm. you know, the ones that were possibly replicating the um, ones the, with cherry blossoms cherry blossom for antlers, antlers <laughs> i thought that was so cool like i mean like i say i just i, I love all the creativity on display in this movie like that, the, the,
0: the, oh my, the, like the, talking about set deck as an example oh yeah. um, it, and like pro set building.
1: Oh yeah, production the, design all around. It was just like, oh my God, the the, the field of, of flowers, you know, that all resemble people. The tree people. The tree people. Like It was like, oh my. And And like, something that like I found painting,
0: really like, crazy is that so much of that, and now <clears throat> so much of that appeared to be very much practical effects now i don't know mm. to the extent of how much because obviously the shimmer wasn't that was definitely um, oh yeah that was a
1: visual effect, visual but effects but i feel like it's okay in this movie because it's like it's sort of a weird alien sort of thing that I think it would be kind of difficult to do on a practical level
0: okay so i'm 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 curious your opinion because Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of contention in the world and not to bring us uh back to talking about star wars by accident um but like everybody was so mad when the original prequels came out because Mm -hmm. they switched to trying to use the digital effects the visual effects rather than doing things practically on set with puppets etc. Yeah. and they obviously re-released the the originals with those. So like there's so mm. much anger in audiences about the use of computer generation mm. and computer animation mixed into live action movies. Like like if you know if someone does an animated movie everyone's like yeah, it's animated that's fine. Yeah. But if you do a live action people seem to get really up in arms when Computer-generated graphics are an effect, and I think a lot of that has to do with the quality of them. Maybe um, you know, until until fairly recently, we didn't get really good at doing visual effects like that, yeah. and practical effects still often do look better. So, mm-hmm. what do you what do you think about that? What, where do you stand in like using practical versus computer-generated effects?
1: Where do I stand on practical versus <laughs> computer-generated? Um, yeah. I like seeing practical effects more. I like seeing something physically on the screen, something that you can tell a team of craftsmen kind of, you know, spent like a week, like spent a week working on it. And you can tell that they put all sorts of little touches and details and things on it. You can, you can see the, you can see the work that, that goes into, I'm not saying computer artists don't, you know, don't put a lot of work into what (laughs) they do. Obviously like, it's amazing what some, what computer generated, uh, graphics can do, can do nowadays. You can make photorealistic looking graphics and, you know, like it's, it's, it's really quite astonishing. Like, I mean, some of my, some of my favorite stories, both, um, both visually speaking and, uh, just, uh, storytelling story-wise are, are video games. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of just, gorgeous artistry on display and all completely computer generated but but you still
0: prefer in film to see visual in
1: in film yeah i i like seeing practical more i am not opposed to cg though by any stretch of the imagination i think i think it can it can absolutely be used the wrong way i feel like that was the problem with the prequels why everyone got so like everyone felt felt so weird about them was because yeah it was all it was it was overboard it was mm-hmm. too much um, CG. Whereas I feel like it can never be too much practical effects. Yeah, that's tot- no, no, totally.
0: And I, and I feel like because I've asked you this question, I should also answer it because I'm not immune to the the prying of this podcast either. Hmm. Um, so in my mind, I would agree with you as well that you know visual effects are um better when possible. And I'll 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 say for a couple of reasons. First of all, because um, practical effects, when an actor can stand in front of a piece like that wall in the pool with the the man who melded with the wall and grew into like all this lichen and stuff like that was that felt so visceral and so real. And the actor's performances felt, I'm sure, much more real with much more ease. Because it was right in front of them, whereas you see a lot of these behind the scenes videos of the, of the prequels and of some of the Lord of the Rings stuff, like you know, hmm. uh, Sir, Sir Ian was talking about uh, how he had to act to like tennis balls and stuff yeah. in some of the newer ones, and it got really difficult. Um, Rope so it's down it's, it's yeah yep. yep. it. So Warrior, it's better for the actors to have those practical effects. It feels better in the movie. It feels like it's there. It's, it's but there's also genuine, a level right? that is is not. Um, because they both take a lot of time. Um, some yeah. of them are, are like, depending on what you're doing, it's more expensive one way or more expensive the other way. It, it
1: depends. Um, yeah, it, it absolutely depends. Every movie is different. I'm not saying... I mean, there are certain movies where uh, actually another Alex Garland film, uh, right. Ex Machina, a lot of that is computer generated. Right? It's I mean, true. Yeah. And I, I love that film, right? I, I Another great sci-fi, like modern sci-fi classic i almost feel like
0: that's another movie i'd love to talk about at some point on this show we
1: should absolutely we should have an alex garland month
0: well i mean we've (laughs) already started here with this movie um which is also interesting because i don't know all of his like credits i've only seen pretty much this one x uh ex machina Mm -hmm. i have seen 28 days later um, and yeah, then the I think, rest, I don't really know very well. I think.
1: Yeah, he has some. Um, he has some lesser known ones. Uh, yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later is probably his most well known work. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully Ex Machina and Annihilation by now. I hope. I hope Black Mirror gets him on at some point cause I think he would be. Dread. Dread was great. Dread, oh my god, I forgot about Dread. Yes, yep. Dread was absolutely so. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And to 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 redirect uh, for just a moment. Talk, going back to talking about practical effects hmm. um, versus visual effects and Annihilation mm-hmm. um, specifically, I guess with Annihilation because so much of it felt so real. Um, what, what, what do you think about, about their use throughout the, the, the practical well, versus uh, the visual?
1: Um, I think it was a good balance. I mean, there's, there's a lot of set dressing, especially on this watch. I noticed there's a lot of uh color like that, that colorful moss all throughout the trees when they're rowing through the through mm-hmm. the swamps and shit and it it gets um there, there, there gets to be more of it as they go further in right at first it's just those weird flowers on the on the cabin or whatever and then they go further in and the moss is kind of creeping along mm-hmm. beside them and stuff and
0: and then I, at the end of the giant crystal trees, yeah, that were, makes, I think visual. They looked, they didn't look real. I don't think.
1: Oh yeah, I think those were those were visual mm-hmm. visual effects. Um,
0: um, another another interesting one that you mentioned. I just remembered you you mentioned this before we we got on the air, but the mm, idea of of um, lens flares,
1: mm, and yes.
0: and their their kind of their use in in building atmosphere because before they yes. go in they they're like just regular normal lens flares. That I mean, we're probably done in post if we're if we're talking
1: I mean, honestly. I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. Um. But
0: but then when they go into the shimmer, they start the those lens flares become more like oily and and synthetic and less.
1: Yeah. So 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 that it starts off like the lens flares in the beginning. Yeah. They they look normal like what we're used to seeing. Right. It establishes a, a precedent, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, in the lighting. Um. And then when you go into the when you go into the uh, the bubble, the okay. shimmer, the shimmer, <laughs> Jesus, yes, the shimmer. Um, yeah, the light, it, the idea of refract, it refracts, right? You see yeah. different waves of or wavelengths of the the light. It's like greenish and purple and like, you know, these like bright like bright blue sort of thing, like these just weird, almost alien kind of lighting, uh, like lens flares that you're that you're not used to so i mean it's a it's a it's a neat touch throughout that they they maintain throughout and it's a they say it's really good and that yeah that idea of refraction is is repeated throughout i mean it's it's interwoven into the story right their their perception of time is being refracted their their very dna is being refracted and you know, she she. I think she even says at one point, you know, it's like it's a prism. It's it's refracting no, yeah.
0: everything. Um, right? it, the exact quote is pretty much that it's yeah. a prism that's refracting everything. The DNA.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, which, okay. So another proposition for you, okay, in regards to that, and and I'm curious, in a way, I guess, because, um, because of talking about the effects and how how the effects are used to display this, but yeah. Um. If everything is refracted, uh, I propose that perhaps the movie is presenting the alien as being very, like, created, very artificial versus, like, um, hmm. the world outside of it being more natural. Or would you argue it's the other way around? Because I think it could be argued both ways.
1: Yeah. Uh- because
0: it, it the DNA merging is making these very natural pieces but they're also so artificial because they, they feel created right they're manipulated and made it, see the, it's
1: it's interesting that you say that they're like they're a creatively created thing because it, it, it feels like to me a lot of the time throughout the movie the uh the creatures the things that we see are simply recombinations mm-hmm. I don't like they're mutations yes but the, uh but like they're more slamming together a bunch of different types of DNA to see what happens, right? It's more of like a, like I don't know, if it, it feels like the alien, and maybe this lends credence to your theory that the alien is, uh, you know, a an unint- or not unintelligent, but a but a baby, so to speak, right? It's it's a it's a young life form with no real concept of what life or death really even is. It just is and just propagates and just creates, I guess. Or, um, or
0: even that the creature is—it is, could be just an entity from space. That's not even necessarily a baby, but just view life and death as people would view life and death. Perhaps because mm-hmm. it's immortal, she does talk about immortality in in the bed the one day when they're joking around about how genes uh, die or cells dying is a mutation uh, yeah. created by the by the way that they're developing. You know, a, and, a genetic defect. And right? if you yeah. yeah, and if you could get rid of that defect, you could stop people from aging, from dying. Yeah. Um. Maybe this alien thing doesn't die. Maybe it's
1: it's beaten that. It's, yeah. It's it possesses that that gene structure that that doesn't have that flaw in it. I mean, I mean in,
0: in which case the argument about whether or not uh what we what we were talking about at the beginning about procreation wouldn't matter because if it lives yeah. forever, why does it need to procreate?
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, and it. It does win. It still propagates. It it's it's leaves its itself in um, in Oscar Isaac's double at the end as well as Natalie Portman up a, a piece. Of so so the... does it take over the world? Mm. Eh?
0: eh, Does it take over the world?
1: Oh, I don't know. That's uh that is purely purely speculation. I think the sequel,
0: Annihilation
1: mm-hmm. to Electric
0: Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a terrible sequel if they, like, had to take – yeah, no, they need not make a sequel to this movie. I think
1: think just go the diehard route, you know, like, you know, Total Annihilation, you know. Total Annihilation? That'd be – I don't know. Just keep (laughs) that whole thing. I don't know. I I, I don't know if it really – I don't know if I would see a sequel to this, though. No. No, cuz it, it feels like a self-contained story. It feels like it tells the story it wants to tell. It brings up the questions it wants to ask about, you know, the nature of of life and death, of the nature of of what it of yeah, what it means to be a to be a creator of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean, we're we're coming up on kind of that that aspect of our life where you know, as a as a species, we're we're creating, you know, robots and possibly sentient machines and AIs soon. Like we're, we already, we already ask ourselves so many questions when it comes we're, to,
0: we're, we're steps towards AI as it is. Like, yeah.
1: Like, it, I mean, there's so many questions as to what it means to be a creative. I mean, even on an, even on an artistic level, right? Like, you know, there's so much, there, there, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so much to, to, to talk about There's so much here. It's just,
0: and there's That's only so sometimes. much a person can say in an hour. That's true, yeah. <laughs> or an hour ish.
1: Um, it brings up, yeah, it just, it brings up so many, so many um, wonderful points about about what it means to to be alive and what it means to, I don't know, to sacrifice and to, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Deep thoughts, Look, man. Yeah. So, yeah um, i losing my train of thought a little. It, it, it's, it's, it's a, a it's a great movie. Um, yeah. It has a lot, a lot of a lot of depth to it for sure. And and it's also I think very important in the sense that it's in... to go back to the sort of meta talk for a minute that it's a it's a a female driven original IP like it's not a yeah. part of a a previously existing
1: yeah.
0: you know character universe or or a story world that just keeps re redoing itself which I find so mm-hmm. interesting that people these days. Really seem to want and and call for more original stories. I, I hear everybody oh, say it all the time. but then at at the end of the day, a movie like this, which is other, besides being like a remake for, or, or not a remake, a uh, an adaptation of a novel series, three books, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's it's an original. No there's no movie yet made of it. There's nothing around it. It's just a standalone piece, yeah. and it didn't do very well compared to the Star Wars reboots or the the Marvel reboots or the remake of all the original Disney movies that just keep coming out and coming out and coming out over and over again. Those uh, movies make billions of dollars. Dude we And could, these we ones can't draw an audience in could, a lot of ways.
1: We could make an entire podcast just on the just on Disney and their uh, the way they've been remake. operating the past few years.
0: Like it, it's, it's interesting.
1: It's a, it's a I feel like it's that's a sad state of affairs, honestly.
0: It, well, it's, so so here, here's 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 the other terrifying. side to that.
1: The Wait, mouse t- is gonna get everything, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The mouse Don't already has
0: me. everything, um, and but it's a very effective model. And I've seen, yeah. I I've watched recently a video on YouTube that talked about the culture of remakes and and Disney remaking over and over again and at the end of the day it's making the money and they're a business right so so they're oh, making absolutely. smart decisions in the same way that apple was making smart decisions in the same way that you know any any other business out there makes smart decisions that are best for the companies the company, business, the company exactly. right and, and it works and people people build on that nostalgia and they go back for that nostalgia something like this unless you w- read those books there there isn't nostalgia out of that star wars uh, builds itself on nostalgia both through the the content that it's it's b- basing itself on, but also the stuff that it puts in the new movies that are meant to incite those rushes of nostalgia when you watch the originals, right? And that's powerful stuff. It within people mm-hmm. versus this this film has a lot of powerful stuff, but none of it
1: incites. There's no backing. Behind yeah, it there's yet. no yeah.
0: world behind it that makes you feel like those characters are are a part of something bigger, right? Which I guess, I don't know.
1: Bring back the mid-range mid-budget film. I w- yes. I want to see like filmmakers all of you out there in the ether listen up. <laughs> Get yourselves, you know, 30 40 million dollars or whatever. Make movies like this. Make smart 30 or 40 million is not a Not a small... heck of a lot. Well, not, it, not when you compare it to the Star Warses and the stuff. True, I, I mean know, that that that's very true. Like, I, it feels like it feels like it's either super high budget, like two hundred million dollars and over kind of thing, or it's really low budget indie movies that like that I can't do
0: what they want to do because they don't have enough money.
1: Yeah, and it's like it it was so it's so heartening to see a, a mid-budget movie like this come out that has quality and decency and intelligence behind it, smart decisions, both, you know, in story-wise and on the parts of the filmmakers to see, you know, to answer the question from before of what I think of the effects, like it, it's so evenly well-balanced, like it, it's a celebration, it's a, a mutation, a combination of both forms, right, and like yeah the, the the wall fungus guy mm-hmm. that's such a fucking cool practical effect and you can like you can see the guys a group of team or a, a team of guy of artists spent a, like a week or more on that just like putting all their their dedication and of craft into it right to make this really cool looking thing and same with the and then you over to the bear right mm-hmm. the skull bear that's an awesome fucking vfx monster you know a, a another creature or another set piece in the movie that must have taken, you know, a couple months, a lot of love and care and dedication to this, to their aspect of filmmaking. Right. And it's, it's,
0: and, and I would say it's very true when, to, when you're talking about mid budget stuff, yeah. that, that it, it's, it's a, a rare beast these days, you know, there's, yeah, there's the gigantic budgets and there's the, there's the almost no budget that, Sometimes f- get seen, and then there's there's so few in the middle, yeah. and that middle budget would be lovely to work in, I think.
1: All right. I mean, can I just take an aside to say that you know, uh, Overlord, mm. you know, came out this year. It did. Nobody has fucking seen it. Nobody I saw talk- it. I know you, I and loved I, Overlord. you and I saw it together. Yeah, yep. and it was just like it's a it's a, a World War Two like not like shoot the Nazis up kind of thing and they're just they're Nazi zombies in it. I know it's I don't sell very well. It sounds <laughs> the, it the, sounds the, cheesy, uh, but
0: it's so fucking I, good. I, I would say I would say that Overlord is one of the best World War II like actual war films that I've seen in quite a long yeah. time, barring like say um something like uh how ho- oh, shoot. Uh, that Mel Gibson one that just came out about the non-combatant, and I'm just blanking on the name of uh, something Ridge, oh, ha- Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw there we go. Ridge, yeah. um, and I didn't point. watch Dunkirk, so I don't know. But I haven't seen it either. Um, but it was a, a wonderful war movie that just happened to have Nazi, Nazi zombies. zombies Nazi Yeah. And and especially those first five minutes. This is totally a departure, but the, just <laughs> to say it, those first five We're minutes now, on folks. the plane <laughs> uh, was some of the most intense war scene. Uh,
1: war scenes that i've seen oh yeah like it's it's wonderfully ever. shot like it, mm-hmm. like that they get like blown out of the sky or whatever and parachuting the flak and the and, terror and the chaos yeah, oh, it's, it's great like,
0: it's a lovely scene off topic completely <laughs> uh but i maybe that was a mid-budget i don't actually know what the budget i think it was mid-budget. was it a mid-budget
1: um Mid-range? i don't know the numbers on it but it like it again certainly wasn't a high you know high stakes release you know nobody really like i didn't did you see any trailers for this one like nope like, not not once actually. So hardly any marketing, and like yeah, like it's just it's unfortunate because it, yeah, it really is. It some of the some of the firefights they have in the movie in terms of like the war scene stuff, it's like oh man, this is some solid like action. Like as a fan of war movies, like it's like it was really well. It reminded me of like like Saving Private Ryan, like that kind of level of of intensity and and like, I and just uh, yeah.
0: Um, sorry, I'm just I'm just right. looking it up now to make sure that we're covering our bases, so I okay. I can tell you what the answer to that question is. Thirty-eight million, so two million less than Annihilation. annihilation yeah. Um, so another... Opening weekend again only made ten million, God. and it's grossed twenty-one million All so far. Oh, my
1: people, please go and see <laughs> Overlord.
0: I know we were talking Isn't about Annihilation, it, but like I I gotta say it's crazy to think though that it we're at a point now where we can say, oh, it only made. Twenty-one million dollars. It
1: like, I'll never like see that much money we are, are at Empire a point really. now where
0: <laughs> movies like Star Wars can gross over three billion dollars while being complete fucking utter pieces. of the <laughs> I mean the 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 <laughs> Last Damn. Jedi I think grossed like one point one billion or something is oh. what it. And and I mean uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a crazy like world that, that, that we mean. live in that there are are there is a billion dollars in just revenue created by films mind-boggling. Um but to wrap up, because yes. we're getting in on our hour here. We've been um, talking for a while. <laughs> uh I think do you have any closing thoughts before I, I finish up here? Do you have any closing thoughts?
1: Just that uh, I want to see I want to see more movies about this. Actually, let me let me talk let me touch on representation one more right, time. Right. But let's think, let's
0: bring it full circle because yeah. we we started on that and we didn't probably close out that topic. No, uh,
1: so I think the whole point of representation in the first place is to normalize the idea of women or people of color or whatever on on screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And have give it,
0: everybody an opportunity yeah, to pursue not, what they
1: want to do. Have it not be a big deal that, Oh, it's a team of women. I mean, I think there's even a line in the film where early on when they're, we're getting mm-hmm. to know them where they're like, we're going into the, the shimmer and she's like a team of women. And then she's like, no scientists. Like,
0: it I mean, the matter. quote is not no scientist, but essentially, yes. But yeah,
1: like the, the essence is the same. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, just she's saying, gratified. yeah, she's saying basically, like, it doesn't, what, you know, what they're saying with that line basically is that it doesn't really matter that they're women, just that they are, and they, like, they're the interesting characters in the story, right? Like, isn't that what all they all they want is to, all women want, I'm here, I'm, I'm going to talk about what women want. <laughs> I'm not trying to be misogynistic I swear but I believe you know the like I say the idea of the end goal is to normalize the idea of just hey
0: women a person is a person yeah women regardless. being
1: yeah women as the protagonists and and, and the, the psych, like as everybody in the role because why not like, see and and that's why from
0: from the perspective of someone who who writes and directs mm. I I try really hard to make my characters fluid, and when I say that, I mean like, wh- wh- I I believe that when you cast some when you cast someone for a role, it's it often starts with a writer who writes the character a certain way, mm-hmm. and you it's important that the writer writes uh, a complete and co- cohesive story that that, and if the character needs to be Uh, a white girl or a white guy or whatever the character needs to be. If that's important, then yes, it should be attended to. However, there's Uh, also a lot of room to write characters in ways in which you can just put out there for somebody of any, uh, gender, race, whatever, to apply and take whoever fits the person best and change, change that role around. Um, And, and part of that is just accepting that people are people. So when, when you write or when you cast, it's like people are just people. And how do you put someone who can just portray the essence of that person best, regardless of whatever they present as their race or gender or whatever?
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I guess that's a, that's a great closing comment. Um, You know, (laughs) when writing, when, when doing media, like. Look for, look for things like that. How, how defined is the, the character itself, his, his self or herself, right? Like what, it, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's been an interesting what episode defines, this time. Yeah. It's been a lot more. What defines
1: um, that person <laughs> just based on who they are as a person? Not, totally. Not as much about, about gender. Right. Totally.
0: Um, I want to thank you guys for for sitting in with us and our our guest Callum today, um, new new to the show, but possibly not uh, not gone forever.. Uh-huh. Um, if you wanna follow us on, uh, you can follow us on Spotify. We're on anchor. We're on pretty much you know google pod uh, Google podcasts almost anywhere you can listen to them, except I don't think we're on iTunes right now. Um, or you can follow us on Twitter. We're Cinematics Podcast. We're also Cinematics Podcast on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Dark Sales Films, or sorry, on Instagram at Dark Sales Films, or on Twitter at Minimal Tales if you want more updates. Um, I don't know how much social media you have, <laughs> um, but if you have anything you'd Facebook. like to like
1: tote about yourself, but um, um, no, I. I don't have any tags or anything, but I don't know if anybody likes my opinions on stuff. I mean, I'll go to Twitter and comment on stuff. There you go.
0: Um, Sure. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.